I feel like they're trapped under that rubble for literally the entire movie, right? Basically, yeah. I was expecting the story to be about them saving people, and it turned out to be other people saving them. Yeah, that was one of the the fake outs that this movie did. Besides, the like, other fake out being that I thought it would be like a JFK <laughs> style conspiracy thriller. Yeah, like I like nothing in the in the ads or like anything led me in that direction. I just I think it's Oliver Stone, right? Oh wait, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. Oh yeah. Okay, hold on. Wow, 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 wow. Do you want to just do it from now on? <laughs> All right, let's see. Every time I type this in now, it gives me Black Panther, something about the Black Panther. <laughs> Funny, crazy, big cat sounds. I'm not going to try that one. Okay, here it is with the countdown. Ready? Ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to count you down. I'm, I'm going to do it at the same time as the, as the panther on the phone. Three, two, one. <laughs> You're listening to Heat Seeking Panther. I'm Miles. I'm Dave. And today is our, uh, we have a super special yeah. episode. Fourth of July, sixth of July the episode. Sixth, <laughs> the sixth of July. <laughs> Um, uh, still hung over from celebrating our country's freedom. Yeah. It's been and, hung, uh, hung, hung over for 200 plus years. There you go. And uh, it's, we're here to talk about uh, Oliver Stone's 2006. Tour de force. Sure. Uh, <laughs> World Trade Center. Um, this, this, is a, this is a weird one to even know how to approach because... Um, like, I, well, I don't think Oliver Stone even really knew how to approach it. Well, I was really curious, uh, like, watching this, why, why, well, first of all, because it kind of threw me for a loop. I had to learn very quickly that I was in for a much different type of movie <laughs> yeah. than I thought I was. Yeah. Um, and a much different movie than what I wanted, although I... Th- I don't think this was ever going to be... Like, I had no delusions that this would be anything I wanted, but regardless, I, I, of, of, regardless of the contents of the movie. Yeah. But I just know that... I it's I was less interested to watch something I didn't care about knowing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that that is the the sin that this movie commits because I, I was like trying I was trying to think I was like, well, what do you want from a 9-11 movie? Like what what would a good movie about 9-11 be? And I don't I don't really know. I mean, I did you see United 93? No, I didn't. But that came out just like months before this one right? yeah so it, i feel like 2006 was the year where everyone was like too like, soon but yeah they were like too soon or is it let's yeah, find out i don't know um united 93 is good uh it's it is a like a a good it was sir it serves as a thriller like it it is thrilling even though you know what's going to happen it doesn't feel crass uh, they talked to the family members of like everyone who was on board the flight. United 93 being the the uh, plane that the hostages took it over from the the uh, terrorists. See and, that that's a that's a heroic movie about heroes. Yep. And it, I'm not calling our first responders not heroes. No. I'm just saying that I think that is is a more despite the fact that everyone dies, it's more of a tri- I feel like it's more of a triumphant kind of. Well, it's simpler and it's, it's both like it, it's, it's weird because this movie 
tries to do, I guess, the same thing. So, like, United 93, they talked to the family members of, of everyone on board, and they tr- they basically got, like, fa- actors acting as everybody, like, even the people who don't, that have lines or anything, They and they sort of, like, you know, they talked to the family members of, what would your family member have done in this situation? And they tried to re- really recreate it, and it's, it's by... Uh, Paul Greengrass, I think, is the guy's name. He did the Bourne movies, and anyway, it it works as as both a thrilling action movie, and it doesn't feel crass, and it feels like a, yeah, a testament to to heroics. And this movie it's, sort of tries to take on more. I mean, even in the title, it's the title is just World Trade Center, so we know we're going to be at the World Trade Center, and but it weirdly enough, and then the scope gets very small. It gets really small, and I don't think that that is inherently a bad way to handle this kind no. of movie. I think that if it had been massaged a little bit better in a couple directions, that actually the personal, the like hyper-specific personalized view of a major tragedy that spans like thousands of families, I feel like that's actually kind of a manageable way to bring it into focus yeah. in a film. So I don't really take contention with that. It's right. just more that Oliver Stone did it really poorly he did it poorly and and just the story he he sought to tell is the kind of thing that like um is it it is uh you know it, i understand why it feels he, focus grouped you think so yeah i do you I, know I, what I, I mean? I, it definitely feels very careful which is not something that you would expect from an oliver stone movie i mean he's not careful, even careful with the words he says like in interviews no. like let alone the kind of movies he makes well i mean who would have expected uh so he apparently didn't see i thought this was like the brainchild of oliver stone but he actually came to it after it had multiple producers and oh, really? multiple writers oh, i didn't know that he actually asked to work on this film huh. which i think is bizarre yeah but actually it's on my computer, so give me a second. But let me pull up real quick. Uh, I copied a couple quotes from a New York Times, uh, like a contemporary New York Times um, article about the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, to kind of give it. insight into like how he felt about it. I would not expect like a careful, controlled, focus grouped movie from the person who made a movie uh, basically alleging that the government killed JFK. <laughs> like, and also like also natural born killers. Right. Like that movie is really subversive and fucked, fucked up. up. Okay, so... <clears throat> Excuse me. So this New York Times article says he, in reference to Stone, he said he just wants to depict the plain facts of what happened on September 11th. It seems to me that the event was mythologized by both political sides and is something that they use for political gain, he says. And I think one of the benefits of this movie is that it reminds us of what actually happened that day in a very realistic sense. We show people being killed and we show the people who are not killed and the fine line that divides them. This is not a political film. That's the mantra they handed me. So I think it's interesting at the end that he mm. says that's the mantra they, they handed, handed me. me. Because it yeah. almost seems like because he came on late in the game that they were like, okay, Oliver Stone, you can do this, but we know who you are. We know uh-huh. the kind of movies you make. Act right. You right. You know what I mean? Well, and... and um, but, but, but then which still makes me, like, which still doesn't give you an answer as to why he chose to do it why he wanted to do it because i think like you're in in a, in a movie like this where like you're you know and especially given what i i read about him coming onto the film he was it, like it seems like as a filmmaker 
you were already constrained from the beginning of this process, you know, not mm -hmm. just by the producers, but also by just the idea of the obligation that a filmmaker has making a 9 11 oh movie. Oh my God, yeah. You know, the sorts of just like middle America that will like, you know, pick you apart for yeah. anything slightly politicized. Like, there's all sorts of reasons why before he even signed on, he was already like compromising any right. movie he would have made. So if that's the case, then he signed on knowing that that means the motivation was personal. Mm -hmm. So why? Or, and I or just the challenge of, of trying, yeah, of but it doing seems like that. such a weird movie to take on as right. a challenge. You know, I don't know. It's, it, I'm just, I'm still, I still am really confused about why Oliver Stone made this movie. Right. Well, not to mention too that Dave Carnes, the, uh, the, this soldier who was played by Michael Shannon in the Which, movie. I mean, um, I know he was a real he, guy and you know, thank you for your service, but like that came off sarcastic. I mean that <laughs> no, in, like, yeah. I, I mean that in a legitimately like an unsarcastic way, but like, it feels like they shoehorn that character into this movie. And yeah. almost if I didn't like know that this was a real guy and, and, and I didn't read the real story, I would have assumed that he was made up for this. It feels like play. a deus ex machine. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, well he, he didn't participate in the movie because he didn't, because he was a big, uh, George W. Bush supporter, and he knew that Oliver Stone didn't like Bush. Doesn't he know Bush did 9-11? <laughs> Come on, dude. And I, also, I, like, I watched an interview with Stone and uh, Nicolas Cage, and Oliver Stone is like, he, he, he's basically like, hey, I'm still Oliver Stone. Like, I believe, he says outright that he believes that the political aftermath of 9-11 killed more people and did way more damage than uh, the disaster itself, which in 2006, I think is was still a pretty incendiary statement. But that viewpoint doesn't come through in this movie. And um, that that would have been a way more interesting movie because the like so I, I didn't I didn't know anything about what this movie was beyond that. It looked uh, I beyond just that kind of being like, well, what could this movie possibly be? How, how could this movie succeed? And um, th this story that it actually tells is about these two uh, cops. They're Port Authority cops, um, and they responded to the, uh, the first tower getting hit and then were buried in the rubble, uh, I think, when the second tower got hit. And uh, then we're stuck for like 18 hours yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, it was a really long time. We're stuck, which is, I mean, is absolutely a nightmare. Um, and they were stuck until they got rescued. And that's the story. And the thing is like, that is, that is amazing. And this story and this movie, I, I mean, I was very bored through most of this movie, uh, despite what it wanted me to feel, but the one it did succeed, I think in viscerally showing, showing how awful that would be to be trapped there waiting to die, trying to stay alive in just the bare slim hopes that someone would come and rescue you. Then you see the, uh, first responders then co are coming to save them. Yeah. There's, there's um, a couple things I think in the details that really like made it very visceral for yeah. me. One of them was when um, when the gun goes off. Yeah, yeah, because you know? of the heat. Yeah, because so like well, like one of the one of the other Port Authority cops that had died in the collapse like dropped his gun and it overheated 
And so they were trapped under the rubble with like a rogue gun that was just, just like shooting. emptying its clip yeah. like into like the rocks around them. And they couldn't move. They couldn't get out of the right. way. Luckily, they were neither of them were hit. But that was that was a that was a pretty good sequence, I think. And then the, the other one too is when he pulls on the pipe. It's like oil yeah. or like sewage or it's something like that like drips out into his face, and he like la- and he like sticks his tongue out and tries to lap it right, up, you know, because right, he hasn't had anything water. to drink for like hours. So. I think I think there were certain details like those those that kind of really brought it home mm-hmm. and I almost think that the movie would have been more effective if god forbid the entire movie was just between the two of them mm, mm. Maybe. trapped in yeah. the rubble. Yeah. You know it, because then it really gives you a sense of just like, like claustrophobia claustrophobia and, and you're literally just like how am I going out this way? Like, why, what is my karma that this is the way that I die? And I think that there is like something really that, that could, that's really like visceral and emotional about that despair. I agree. That they, that he could have imparted better and maybe just the monotony of Mm -hmm. being under there with them for like in real time, maybe would have brought it home more. Right. If, if the monotony had have felt, um, intentional, but instead, he splits it between them and their families. The, bi- the big point that I'm getting to is just that this is not a very cinematic story. Like, you have, you have the families worrying if they're alive, which there's no tension because we know they're alive. So we see, we see the family's grief, and I, you know, it, it imparts to us how scary that would have been. Um, you know, which was clearly the intention and that works, but it's not like fun or interesting. You're like, okay, I get it after. uh, And then you, it cuts back to them just being just stuck in the dark. Yeah. I think that it was a big missed opportunity to not get us on board, like to not get us emotionally engaged with any of the family or with anybody really, which was really weird. And I think actually, I think it actually would have been more successful as a film if, if it had only showed either the families yeah, or the two men one. trapped. Or, or even the, the people trying to get them out. Because, right, but I um, think by cutting back and forth between all those storylines and mm-hmm. also introducing characters who I know were real people, so right, they have a part right. in the story, but you can't just introduce a whole bunch of new characters half an hour from the end of the film. Sure, yeah. You it, know, it, it's it, like, it, it just, it's really, I don't pe- know. Yeah, people show up and they and they just, don't it's it, it the movie is too democratic in in what it's trying to do and it, and it tries to go broad with its scope mm-hmm. and and in and in return it doesn't hit on anything it, enough for us yeah. to feel invested in it despite myself like when when they michael shannon finds nicholas cage and michael pena um they and who he, i think maybe gave the best performance of the movie michael pena yeah yeah he was good yeah He's an underrated actor, but when when they finally start to like get them out, like that was actually exciting. Like, and it was suddenly the stakes felt real, and also with the just tragic hindsight that we have, knowing that these guys are, you know, everybody is just breathing in this toxic air and that the, you know, the government is going to screw them out of like health. Like there's all these like fucked up thing, stories that are happening that seems just like just because they got out of the rubble, their problems are just beginning. Exactly. And, and the ironic thing is those stories are made for a filmmaker like Oliver Stone, 
but he is refusing to tell those. I mean, it's literally his forte. The government fucking over regular citizens is literally yeah. his forte. Yeah, even like, if even if he didn't make a 9-11 movie saying that the government did it, like the the government like clearly like f- you know fucked over these same heroes and like that's a story that needs to be told. Like to be honest, like this story did not need a cinematic treatment. And some of, and actually, I thought it was pretty lazy because most of the actual storytelling and pushing along of the plot is just done through like actual news broadcasts. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly. like he'll just show the families watching a TV of like an actual news broadcast, and then you'll just be like, "Well, I know, I saw that. I know that right, happened. Right, right." And like, and, I I lived through that. And most of the movie is just the families waiting to hear anything and Nicolas Cage and Michael Pena waiting to. It's just a lot of waiting. They're just. And, and worrying and without it like really registering. It's this weird missed opportunity. And, and some of the like, so the, the two cops who um, Cage and Pena are uh, portraying were like heavily involved in the making of the movie. Um, but other cops and their families um, were not and were actually like unhappy because they were just like, I think they thought that, the idea of making this movie was crass and being like... I mean, it is. And it is. It is, honestly. Like, uh, unless you're going to... I don't know. I, I See, but I again, think... Again, like, I don't know what I even want from yeah, it. I think movies like this that, that portray a dramatized version of real, like, horrific tragedies and, like, events mm-hmm. like this aren't made for the generation that lived through that event. Mm. And now I don't think this is a particularly good movie. And I don't think people will be like watching it in classrooms mm-hmm. as, you know, as a way to like learn about nine 11. But I do think that it will, I think it has a place amongst movies like, you know, movies about Pearl Harbor Okay. or, you know, like movies yeah. about, you know, like, uh, the atomic bombing of Japan or something right. like that, or like movies about, you know, um, Gettysburg or something. I mean, that's a little different cause that's war, but, but like, no, it, it's interesting though. Cause the, it, you're like, it, it does remind me of the types of movies about like Pearl Harbor that were coming out in the forties with like John Wayne, where they, they suck, they, they suck. And their whole reason for being is basically like, these are heroes. It's to, to prop up the, the cops and the military and, right. and just like, and the American imperialism and basically just say like, here's why we fight, you know, here's why we're doing this is because of these brave men. And, it, you know, however you feel about any of those elements, like it doesn't, but with the, the how careful it is with that tone and how sort of like uh, the tunnel vision of just being like, like you say, like just, okay, these are the facts. Like these guys got fucked over. They were in the, they were the first responders on the worst day that they could have been doing that. Not to mention all the people who died doing it here. We need to recognize that they, they were there and that they did it. And that seems to be the whole like point of the movie. But that, but with with something th- this is something I struggle with the whole time watching this movie is at what point is the obligation to the memories supersede the obligation to make a good good film? movie yeah did did you catch at the very end in the barbecue scene where the real yes co- the real cops I did and do, were do, there do you know how I noticed this how. <laughs> 
the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because new because Cage, terrible as as per usual, terrible terrible accent. Uh, maybe um, maybe his worst, honestly. Dude, Corelli. Of, Corelli. Oof. Yeah. No. There's it wasn't no way it's than, worse. It wasn't than worse than, that. than Corelli. No. But it was pretty fucking bad. It was for a, a New real, York. It was a accent? really 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 Good bad Brooklyn Lord. accent. Like really bad. And just sounded like he had like a, like, someone, like a marble in his mouth the whole time. Yeah, it's it's someone that didn't that didn't learn how to really speak the the <laughs> dialect. They just watched like like I feel like he just watched a bunch of Scorsese films, yeah. and then he was like, "Oh, that's how New Yorkers talk." Like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was just uh, incredible. Um, but the accent was horrendous and very very off but what was accurate the facial hair <laughs> the mustache was glorious. extreme verisimilitude <laughs> with the facial hair in this film At the very end uh when nicholas cage and michael pena go to the big barbecue celebrating that they're alive and that america is alive and everything they uh like <laughs> we see older more overweight versions of the basic people who look like real people and not uh movie stars it's 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 kind of jarring because they they do look like nicholas cage and michael pena but like fatter and older, fatter and older kind of like they melted <laughs> a little bit i mean if you see i don't know how if you look at photos of these of these two guys there are visible injuries yeah even like years later like their legs were fucked i cannot believe that uh they could walk yeah i know uh, i mean not without multiple surgeries right, i think i think right. cage's character Mc, mclaughlin that, yeah. that's that's the officer's name right yeah, yeah. i think mclaughlin had like 20 something surgeries and uh, actually, both him, both McLaughlin and uh, and Yemeno were while they were in the hospital. Both of them flatlined. Wow! And one of them got their last rights read to them because they were like right, but they were preparing for him to die. Holy shit! I don't I don't remember which one, but yeah. So even when they, once they were in the hospital, their their ordeal was like not even close to over. I I wish I had some something really like profound to say, but I feel like my like thought process is still kind of like in the infancy with this stuff. But I just, because these guys are heroes. They're like plain and simple. They are heroes. It's amazing that they did that. It's amazing they survived. But a, a, a movie like this, and even maybe a movie in general, being their like legacy, being like as if this is like what America gives you when you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh it, man, it I can't just, wait till I get injured in the line of duty so that Oliver Stone can make a movie about me. It's just it just feels fucking weird. Well, I think even worse than feeling weird and being unnecessary is it doesn't make me respect or think they're more heroes than no. I already did. Yes. All that I is need it. to all I need to know is their story. Yep. Give me the fucking facts. These guys literally lived through hell to tell about it died and came back died and came back and did it for the sake of saving other people's yeah, lives just, you don't need to make a movie to convince me no that they're you know that they're like an incredible specimen of a human right being. and that and that is the whole reason that the movie exists that is just to say that these guys are heroes and guys like them are heroes and i should think that everybody can agree on that um so, I mean, unless, unless you're like Taliban or Al Qaeda or some shit. Even then, gotta give it a little respect, you know. Little known fact: this movie is a huge success. They screen it in all sorts of uh, Al Qaeda training camps. <laughs> Did you know that? Wait, is it for no, real? I, I, oh. <laughs> I was, I was going with you. 
Um, we must be inspired like these infidels and these pigs. No, they're they're like uh, America creates media like this. Like it must be destroyed. It, it is it has become fat and complacent and terrible. Its culture is nothing and meaningless. Something that really did take me out of it was the occasional like shot of CGI rubble. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that was very successful. No, no. Um, it was very clearly a, a computer animated. It's weird. I mean, okay, now, maybe now's a good time to say that I don't think Oliver Stone is a good director. <laughs> I don't really either. I, I think with a couple exceptions, I think Platoon is one of the best war movies ever. See, see I actually I, don't like Platoon. Okay. But, okay. Um, but I, I, people, people like that movie. And he, you know what? He was a soldier, so um, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. That, and that uh, one, I think I, that one is the only one I would put like in my list of like mm, favorite movie, like, like movies that he made that I think are, are, like, are really, good. really amazing. Um, I mean, JFK is fun cause it's like just bonkers. Um, like there's no, like literally no one else will ever make a movie like that. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> have you seen born on the 4th of July? No, I actually haven't I, seen born on the 4th of July. I haven't either, but he, he won an Oscar for it. So you um, know, maybe it's good. Natural born killers is cool, but it's just like a, basically it's a Bonnie and Clyde for like the nineties. I don't, I don't think it's aged well. I think I, like, I haven't seen it in a while. It, so maybe it hasn't. I think as like a provocation, it's really cool. I, I, I mean, that's the thing with Oliver Stone is I think he's, He's really good at uh, at provoking people. Just e- even with the movies, like the choices that he makes, more than the actual like movies themselves. Like I think the fact of Natural Born Killers, the fact of JFK, the fact of W are all. Oh yeah, I are, forgot about W. I forgot that he yeah. made that. It's yeah, not a good movie. No, yeah, I'm sure it's not. No, have you seen Nixon? No, dude, oh, with Anthony dude, Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is Nixon. It's also not a good movie, but it's also kind of just fucking weird. What a weird it's choice. It's really weird, yeah. It's the funny thing about W's is that uh, I think it's Josh Brolin plays uh, George W. Bush, and he's really good. Does he have, like, prosthetics to make him look like W? Maybe. Okay. I mean, everybody is just, like, hamming it up. And, and like, um, I think Richard Dreyfus is Cheney. <laughs> which rules but but i mean that's like a a movie that like the choices he he makes in that movie in in making that movie are more interesting and incendiary than the actual movie itself which is kind of just like whatever um and that was made post world trade center right yeah it was uh just in case he thought he was going soft yeah it's like he he had to double back around and just be like oh just to be clear to be clear um, I haven't seen Snowden, but we're going to. Yeah, see that's it a, for that, this. that's the next Stone Cage uh, team up where Nicolas Cage plays uh, Edward Snowden. No, just that's kidding. Um, I wish that was. True. I don't know who he's playing. That would be an extremely different movie. <laughs> anyway, those I'll watch any of those movies over this movie though because um, it like the the sin that it commits is it makes this all feel boring and pointless. Um, uh, Which I don't think is the point of any movie about 9-11. No, it should really not be what you aim for. I mean, I guess maybe I don't maybe I was about to say like maybe it's better that it's boring and pointless than like insulting or like uh Well something it, but yeah, something that I did kind of appreciate 
is that there was no did they even mention once that it was terrorists was no right? no they didn't right and so and there was no sense of like yeah like let's get them now yeah. we're at war like you know like you know it, like there was no like uh it was propagandistic but it wasn't in a way of like rah rah america it was just like no, it was just respect right and and i thought that was cool because mm-hmm. there could have been a whole much worse more problematic subplot where it was like you know okay now it's the yeah. terrorist fault or something about that yeah it was very uh, apolitical yeah and, um, and well that was the mantra apparently right is uh and then also the the other thing that i thought was kind of an interesting choice i don't know if i liked it but the fact that they just showed it was almost like a horror movie or something the way that they're going about their life and then there's like a really dramatic everyone pauses as like mm-hmm. as the ground rumbles and then you see people look up and then there's just a huge shadow, oh, the shadow of the of plane, plane that goes over yeah. them before you hear the bang. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of an interesting way good. to handle it. Like they don't actually show the impact. They don't even no. show the plane flying toward it. They just show the shadow go across everyone's faces. Right. Yeah. There are these scenes that um, I, I can't really decide how I feel about them because it, there's like that. And then when um, Nicolas Cage and, and Michael Pena are there to responding, there's like all these papers flying around in the air from, and like just this like general chaos that in, you know, it's, it, it's not, it's not beautiful, um, which some filmmakers would take, you know, would go lean into it being, you know, spectacle, beautiful spectacle, um, which, you know, was Wes both Anderson's world trade center. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm God. just saying. Um, but, and you know, like, and I'm, I'm kind of like, it's like, well, good. John it, Woo's world trade oh, center. Oh shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm thinking of like, you know, like Roman Polanski, um, in like The Pianist. The Pianist like deals with like b- these bit, or even like you know Saving Private Ryan or something, where you have the these big uh, disaster set pieces, and there are these m- m- Dunkirk. There are these moments of like hushed beauty, or like just kind of like the spectacle of it, you the enormity of it, and. Oliver Stone either chooses not to like do that because it would feel um, improperly indulgent or um, or he just doesn't know how. And so the the whole thing does feel like sort of chaotic and ugly and crazy, which is is kind of like a boots on the ground kind of like feeling of probably what it was like to be there and just also I noticed that like all the all the characters, all the first responders aren't really running. They're all kind of like walking around like, well, cause everyone was, I think, which maybe was, it might accurate, be accurate, but also wasn't very cinematic. Yeah. Was just that everyone like they, like the first responders, you know, like the fire department, the, all the, you know, uh, police from like every different department, like, like, like a, from the looks of the movie, granted, I don't know the actual situation, but from the, what this movie portrays, it seems like all of New York's, like, you know, they, like, all, like all of New York's finest, like, turned out at once yeah. to, like, help everyone, which is good and might be fairly accurate. But I think, like, no one really knew what to do because right. no one knew what was happening. Right. And so I think that everyone, you know, all these people in uniforms who showed up, like with good intentions, but we're just kind of ambling around trying to figure out like where they would be best used. Yeah. Might've been kind that of like, might've what, been how yeah, it was. Right. And, and it's weird. Cause I don't think 
Cage and Pena even make it into the World Trade Center, right? Like, I don't think that's not the building they're in when. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they are finally they're in the first. Oh, they, yeah, they're in the first bill in the floor of the first. Oh, building. okay. But but then when the second one collapses, it falls on top. I of see, them. and they, they yeah. run into the elevator shaft. Right, because they went into the basement to mm. get the extra like uh, oxygen masks right. and like rescue supplies. So they were in the basement when it collapsed. So right. that's why they were buried like way down. Yeah, and and that whole scene is like they're kind of ambling uh, slowly with these like oxygen tanks being like, we got to get these before we go up there because we, we're going to need a lot of oxygen uh, if we're going to save people. And, uh, and then that's it. And that's, and, and then they get crushed. And like, yeah, like you say, like I watching it, I'm like, well, I guess it, yeah, I guess it's good that they're saving their energy because they're in for a really long day of like saving people. But then also, yeah, it's not very cinematic. Um, so I'm not sure if I prefer that, uh, the verisimilitude or if I wanted something, felt like a little bit, a little more blood. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I go to my world trade center films for something (laughs) a little more than like historical accuracy or, or even popcorn. Yeah. I I don't fucking know it. I mean, this is implying that I go to nine 11 movies at all, but implying that anyone should make a movie about nine 11 that, so um, would, would you, would your, do you think that this in United 93 would be a good double feature? Like if like if we were gonna invite all of our friends over on September 11th, <laughs> oh god, and <laughs> and we were gonna have like red, white, and blue uh, dip, and you know drink beer and like celebrate and we, uh, the day that our uh, you know just so well just so we never forget yeah um, and that we we respect the, that we make sure that. Uh, we're, we all have the right amount of respect. I mean, I, th- th- no, because United 93 is a good movie and this movie like put me to sleep and it, sh- it shouldn't have. Um, a couple things to note. Uh, Jesus makes an appearance, um, a couple of appearances in uh, a hallucination that I assume <laughs> was real. It, yeah, Officer uh, Jimeno said that he literally had a vision of Jesus uh, offering him water. He, it wasn't a water bottle. Yeah, that's that was that, that was Stone's life. That is silly. But I think that that was kind of a. I liked that touch. As yeah, absurd I did too. And out of place as it was. Well, at least it's like interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jesus shows up. There's this whole thing that again is almost definitely real. That is uh, Officer Jimeno and his wife uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. They they have this thing about what they're going to name the baby. Um, she wants it to be named. Olivia and he wants it to be named Alyssa and it, they, it just, it keeps coming up. He, he, I don't, I can't, I think to like, just to stay conscious and talk yeah. under, under all that rubble, he's telling cage all about his wife and his new baby. And, and it's, it's just fu- keeps telling her, he's like, if I ever get out of here, I'm going to tell her that, you know, she can have it her way. We'll name the baby right. Olivia. And, it's and, like she, and she's thing. like, and she's like, Oh, yeah. I, if he gets out, I'm going to name it Alyssa. Like, and, it's weird because again, like uh, that's almost definitely a true thing, but it felt like hacky. Like it didn't, it didn't feel, it felt like an e- like a shortcut to being like, these are real people. Yeah. And, and then this- also the whole thing where they talk about like, you know, like when they're trapped under there and they're like bonding over the American dream by like talking about their yeah. wives and their families. It's like that. I'm sure those are conversations you have when you're yep. trying to stay alive in horrendous circumstances. I'm sure you focus on the things like your wife and your kids, mm-hmm. but 
in the context of this movie, it felt so cheesy and it, it felt, really yeah. took me out of the moment. It just, it just didn't work. It, it actually ended up. And again, up- this goes back to like how much, how much is the obligation to the real story mm-hmm. worth you making a bad movie. Yeah, I well, and I think at the end, my conclusion is just that this story is not served well by a movie. It's just, right. it, it would be served well by like a long piece in like the New York Times or something. Like yeah. you can't communicate really what any of this was like, or at least Oliver Stone can't communicate that through this like Neither can cage through this his focus group movie. New York accent. Oh God. I mean, it, it's so it's so funny too to get an actor like Nicolas Cage um who turns in a really bad performance in this movie. All he does, the basically the only thing he does in the movie is walk around for a little bit and then get crushed and he spends the whole movie under a slab in the dark. <laughs> like you can you can kind of see his eyes and mouth and his mustache <laughs> moving because it's covered in soot and ash, but that's like that's it and he uh he, his acting does not transcend uh it because would anybody like, no is is there another actor that you could have foreseen casting instead of cage in this role well I, and just what is, what is this this character has no arc right i mean i think that's that's maybe the biggest problem um that in terms of like telling a, a human story which is what oliver stone is trying to do is that they these characters have no arc they they don't they, nothing i mean they they're uh their arc they're, is i love my wife and kids to oh i'm dying i really love my wife and kids right i mean obviously like their 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 whole world gets upended but like yeah nobody but you don't see but again my point you don't see the you don't see any of their recovery no you know, like you don't see the parts of them being humans dealing with this trauma yeah i mean that would have been the movie like like crush them in the first 30 minutes and get them out and then, and you know, show the family's grief. Sure. But then like, let's see them trying to like, like live with the aftermath because that, I mean, the real horror of not just nine 11, but on a micro level, what happened to men like this is that the government fucking abandoned them and they all have fucking cancer and they're like, you know, it's, there's this greater tragedy that has a greater resonance that actually speaks to America and the soul of America and what 9-11 meant and still means. Uh, And it's not this story. This is just a chapter yeah, yeah, that's that's very well said. Uh, a couple Thanks, things Miles. that I just want to note: uh, a quote from Cage: "This movie is not meant to entertain. I Great. see it as storytelling, which depicts history." Yeah, I don't know what that means, no. but that was his feeling about this well, movie. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished because it sure as fuck didn't it entertain. Did not entertain me. Also, and it depicted history. <laughs> this is just something that like got cracked up when I read. Uh, Cage prepared for this role by spending 14 hours in a sensory deprivation tank <laughs> to truly feel what it's like to be like trapped under like oh. oppressive blackness. Cool. <laughs> in like a float tank in like yeah. Santa Monica. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, sure. 
<laughs> Which is funny because that didn't come through at all in the performance. No. Also, it's funny because that's the kind of thing that people pay like 40 bucks an hour to do um, to relax them. But uh, if, it, if it helped, my first note, this is so fucking stupid, um, but uh, hypothetical movie, World Trade Centaur, Nicolas Cage plays a first responder who's half horse. <laughs> That's as far as they got. Uh, um, and he gets trapped under the uh, rubble. They do rescue mm. him, but then they have to put him down because he broke his leg. <laughs> they turn him into glue. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, I, I got nothing. Um, fuck, what a fucking waste of everyone's time that movie was. And what a short episode this is. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, next time we're going to have a mega episode because we're talking about the Wicker Man. And as problematic and fucked up as that movie is, somehow... It, this movie is putting it in a whole rosier light for me. Somehow. Um, and, and I believe our, our plan is to watch the original Wicker Man as well as the yeah. remake. Yeah, I think that I think it's kind of essential for certain remakes mm-hmm. to really be able to put them in context and talk about them. You have to also take into account the original. Yeah, so... And I think this is one of those cases. Um, and we also have a good friend of mine, Andy Sell, who is a uh, horror movie buff and general funny dude. Wickerhead. Yeah, so he's going to come on and... Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be great. You know, I guess we can just close by saying never forget that 9-11 happened and that people were brave and, uh, you know, you know, they say never forget. And it's a, it's a cliche, but like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that America is still working through from that, but forget this movie ever happened. This movie is a fucking travesty. And, um, honestly, you'll be doing the memory of these brave first responders better if you don't just sully it with, don't see it. Yeah. Don't give Oliver Stone money. Um, and, uh, it is streaming free on Prime in case anyone does want to watch it, <laughs> but don't see it. Don't see it. Um, all right. Uh, Dave, pain is your friend. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> because as long as you feel pain, you're still alive. <laughs> Learn that from G.I. Jane. <laughs>